Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Cam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans. Welcome to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I'm Renee. She is Tam. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Renee, I missed you. I missed you too. I, I feel like we haven't seen each other or talked in like so long. Oh my God. I miss you. I miss our listeners. Although I did talk to our Twitter followers Monday. We missed them last Monday. For you guys out there, we decided to take a break and it was a much needed break. And even if we didn't want to take a break, we had to take a break because I was traveling. Renee was doing his thing. He was in New York performing and all over the place. And NASCAR was off and it just kind of didn't work out. So we was like, hey, if NASCAR is on a buy, why can't we take a buy? Yeah, no kidding. So welcome back. Welcome back to it. You know, and if you could listen to me, I got a little cold after all of that traveling and stuff. That's the only one thing I do hate. Excuse me. Well, I'm actually in your hometown. And just to give you guys a very quick glimpse into what we've been doing, you guys, I'm sure you saw if you're on our Twitter, or if you follow us on Twitter, I was actually in Nashville, Tennessee, and I was in Tahoma, Tahoma, Alabama, and then I was in Lynchburg, Tennessee. And everybody knows there's only one thing in Lynchburg, and that's the Jack Daniel Distillery. So I was down there. I had an opportunity to make a barrel for some whiskey. And then I went in. So first I stopped at the Cooperage where they actually make the barrels. And I made my very own barrel or somebody's very own barrel. And then from there, we left and went to Lynchburg, Tennessee. And in Lynchburg, we actually had an opportunity to go watch them cultivate the yeast, rye, corn, all that stuff that makes that good old Jack Daniel taste. We burned some wood to make some coals. And what else did we do? We did a whole bunch. You know, we I don't made know, but you're making me thirsty. Oh, well, the most important thing we did, well, two things we did. One, we actually had a chance to taste some whiskey straight from the barrel. So whiskey is aged roughly between three to seven years. So we had an opportunity to cork one of those barrels and taste some whiskey right before it was done. And then the other important thing, which Renee saw a video of it, and he was like, oh my God, I got to do this. I actually jumped on the assembly line and packaged up some bottles of Jack Daniels and not just any any bottles, the big mega bottles that they only sell in Europe. That just looked fantastic, Tam. I, I was so jealous. Why were you jealous? I brought you a bottle. Oh, I, I feel better already. Okay, now, and then right now, as we record this show... And you may hear a little noise in the background because the housekeeping has started their rounds. I'm actually in Renee's hometown. I'm in Texas, but I'm not in that part of Texas. And, you know, we send our best wishes to those affected by the hurricanes. But I'm actually in Dallas, Texas. And I was behind the wheel of the M4 BMW and the M3. And then I got a chance to drive B7 which was spectacular. That was luxury. So yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Renee, oh God, Renee's in New York or he was in New York. I'll let him tell you a little bit about that and we'll jump into some NASCAR. Yeah, real quickly, Tam, I flew into Boston first, did a few shows there in Boston. I had a buddy of mine that lives there, take me around. We went to Fenway Park, hung around a little bit. He kind of showed me the area. Within the very next day, 
we drove back to uh, actually we drove up to New York, went to a Yankee game later that night, did some more shows the next couple of nights. So it was just kind of like business and pleasure both. And that's always the best part about traveling when you can mix business with pleasure. The most important thing was just for me to be up on stage performing on a completely different area that I'm used to. I'm always used to doing West Coast, uh, you know, South, the Middle East, uh, or uh, Midwest, excuse me. And it was nice to be on the East Coast to perform for a completely different type of crowd. And they loved it. They loved me. I loved them. Can't wait to go back to them. You offer a different perspective. You're a Hispanic guy that lives in Los Angeles, where over on that end, they have Puerto Ricans and Dominicans. So a Mexican from Texas who's living in California has a different take on things. And not even to bring that into it, the race, but it's just Californians are totally different than East Coasters. Yes, they are. I mean, and just the Latin culture is just so different because uh, you're right. I think here on on the West Coast, we do have probably more true Mexicans uh, in that sense. But over there, there is a lot of Puerto Ricans, Dominicans and Cubans, which is a, a little bit of a completely different Latin culture. And uh, but you know what? It was just a lot of fun. And I love going to New York. I love going to the East Coast. And I, I really honestly, I can't wait to get back. We're happy that you're back. I hope you guys are happy that I'm back. And I guess let's jump back into some NASCAR talk since it's been a whole long two weeks. So yeah. what we're going to cover on the show today, of course, we're going to be late on some topics because we just didn't have an opportunity to talk about them and we wanted to talk about them. So on today's show, we're clearly going to talk about Darlington, give you the rundown on that, share our thoughts on Denny Hamlin sweeping the weekend. We are going to talk about my man, Matt Kenseth, the quiet assassin, because I'm going to talk about him at least for the next two weeks until the regular season is over. Dale Jr. update, because we're actually doing something really special with Valvoline and Dale Jr. that we have to share. We're going to talk about that drama with the truck race because there was a lot of bump and dump going on and fans were upset. Although some fans say that's just racing. Let's see. Oh, Subway terminated Daniel Suarez agreement. So we have to jump into that. We will talk about Chase Elliott going and switching numbers. So he's no longer going to drive to 24. And we'll talk about William Byron. We have a fan comment of the week. We will take that straight from our Twitter chat that happens every week on Mondays, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Although this past Monday, we did it at 4 p.m. because I'm traveling and it couldn't be a Twitter chat without one of us. And we were both traveling, so we had to change the time. And we'll give you our predictions for next week. With that being said, let's jump into Darlington. Darlington, baby. I did see some of the race. I didn't see all of it because, again, I'm traveling. But, oh, actually, no, I was at home. I went home for a day or two in between trips. And I did watch Darlington. And I have I've watched it from my computer while I was at my friend's event, which is crazy because people are like, why are you sitting in this office watching NASCAR? Because I'm a NASCAR girl. And that's what I do. That's right. Okay. So what did you think about Denny Hamlin winning? Did you anticipate or expect it was going to be another driver that won? Somebody who hadn't won. What What are your thoughts? Well, I did. Uh, damn, I did want somebody who hasn't won 
to win a race. For the most part, I'm excited that, that Denny Hamlin won. I mean, here's a guy, you know, who hasn't won a whole lot of races this year. I mean, he's only, I think he's only won one other race this year, right? If I'm not, I'm not mistaken. mistaken, yes. Yeah, so I, I was kind of hoping Kenseth, uh, maybe even Chase Elliott was going to, you know, one, one of these guys, even Jamie McMurray for all that matter. But Denny Hamlin pulled out the sweep. And he, and he had a good car the whole weekend. So I, I was really hoping that one of the other guys was going to take it. But, uh, you know, with, we got one more we got one more race left, Tam. So let's see what happens. I thought for a hot second, Martin Truex Jr., because he was there, I thought he was going to possibly win. And then I thought Joey, but Denny, Denny is a monster. Denny is a beast yeah. when it comes to closing. So if he smells blood in the water, he's like a shark. He is going to go get it and that was that he went and got it so you can't even be mad at him one thing just really quick i do want to talk about paint schemes apparently danica won some type of poll for the best paint schemes i actually liked cole witt's ugly green paint scheme and i know that sounds crazy because it was hideous and and i recall there being something a little bit taboo about racing in a green car or something and it was like a ugly lime green, but I thought it was nice. It I don't know. It just had a, a old ugly throwback feel. So right, to me, right. his car was the winner. But you know, according to everybody else, Danica's car was. One thing I don't like about a lot of the paint schemes is I know you can't get it exactly right, but they'll say yeah, throwback, and it doesn't even resemble anything like the throwback <laughs> that was the throwback. Right, right. If that makes sense. So no, I totally don't know. I'm a, I'm a little indifferent when it comes to some of those throwback schemes. So what else happened? I mean, oh, Clint Boyer, uh, his engine blew up. Like, I really thought Clint was going to possibly get in on point, but it's not looking good now that his, you know, that he had like a huge setback. Yeah, that was the last thing he needed in that race was for his engine to blow up and come in dead last. Yeah, so I don't even know how that's going to work. But I guess on that note, because there's no reason for us to give you a super recap on what happened, I will give you the top 10 from the race, if that's okay with everyone. Okay, so from Darlington, we know Denny Hamlin not only won the cup race, he also won the Xfinity race. Kyle Busch, hey Kyle, Kyle came in second. We had Kurt Busch in third, Austin Dillon in fourth. That was pretty interesting because that was the best Kurt Busch did since he won in Daytona at the beginning of the season. And Austin, it seems like in his words, things are coming together for him and his team. So that was quite interesting. Interesting, but not so much unexpected. Your boy Eric Jones came in fifth. He is really making a campaign for becoming rookie of the year. Yeah. I think he's going to pull it off. Uh, yeah, I was I was just about to say, I think he's going to edge it out. Yeah. Matt said he came in sixth, so not too bad. He still had a top 10 finish, but not as great considering that he hasn't won. So he is going to get in hopefully by points, but he needs to, if he can't win, at least come in the top five. So Matt Kenseth is your um, sixth place. He came in sixth place. Ryan Newman, seventh. Martin Truex Jr. came in eighth, and we all know Martin won a stage, and he seemed to, at least I believe he won a stage. Yeah, he won a stage. He seemed like he was going to win the race, but it didn't work out that way. Kevin Harvick came in ninth. Your boy, Jamie McMurray, who you just mentioned, he came in tenth. 
Chase Elliott, because now we're getting into notables. Chase Elliott came in 11th and Jimmy Johnson came in 12th. Ty Dillon, he got a top 20 finish. He came in 13th. And Kyle Larson has been slipping. He came in 14th. And I know this is supposed to be the top 10 and some notables, but these people who came outside of the top 10 are all notables considering who they are. Brad Keselowski came in 15th place. So a little disappointing to see Kyle Larson outside the top 10 because Kyle seems to be falling. He's not like, this is the time you should be peaking and he's going the opposite direction. Right. And Dale Jr. can't get it together. 22nd place. I mean, to put it in perspective, Cole Wick came in 23rd and no disrespect to Cole because you guys know I, I like the ginger lion, but Dale Jr., you run for Hendrick. So it just leads me to believe it's probably overall, I don't think that Dale Jr. is checked out, but I think Hendrick Motorsports as a team can't get right. Right, exactly. And I would, I would totally agree with that statement. Yeah. And then Daniel Suarez, who kind of was somewhat in the hunt that could possibly have gotten into the playoffs on points, he came in 38th place. So it's a wrap for him. I don't quite know exactly the point situation, but I think it's safe to say he's done. He won't get in. Yeah, I, I think he's out. So on that note, I guess really quick, I can read off the playoff standings. Yeah, let's do that. So as we know, Martin Truex is the number one spot. He's actually the regular season winner. What do you think? Should we even have a regular season winner? Well, I mean, I mean, it doesn't really make sense at this point. I don't think if you want to have a regular season winner, we can go ahead and pick one if you like. <laughs> Well, he won it. I mean, the guys won 17 stages and four races. But I I just kind of feel like it's, I don't know if the correct term is oxymoron, but what difference does it make to be the I was about to say because he's killing it. Yeah, but he's not the, you know, the season is not over. So it's like, yeah, you can be the division, divisional winner in the NFL, but nothing matters but the Super Bowl. Right. That is correct. So that's all that I'm saying. Does it matter that he was the regular season winner? No, at this point, no, after that. Okay, that's my thoughts. So Martin Truex Jr. has, at this point, nobody can take him out of the number one spot. He is our regular season winner, and he is going into the playoffs in the number one spot, no matter what happens the last race of the regular season. Kyle Larson is in second, Jimmy Johnson third. He's in the playoffs, yay. Kyle Busch is in the playoffs at fourth, Denny Hamlin at fifth, Brad Keselowski sixth, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. 7, Kevin Harvick 8, Ryan Blaney is currently in the playoffs at 9th, Kurt Busch 10th, Ryan Newman 11th, Casey Kane 12th, Austin Dillon 13th. And all of those guys, as you know, have won. It hasn't been any new winners because this past week at Darlington, Denny Hamlin won a race. So at this moment in time, there are only three drivers who can get in without a win. And if the playoffs started today, that would be Chase Elliott, Matt Kenseth, and Jamie McMurray. Chase Elliott is 94 points to the good, Matt Kenseth 92, and Jamie McMurray 91. They're in tight, 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 tight competition. But again, if the playoffs started today, those three guys would be in. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that unfolds next week because one false slip-up move somebody could be out. Right. That's actually scary to think. I know. And some good names. Yeah. And just to put it in perspective, Clint Boyer and Jamie McMurray are both 91 points 
Clint Boyer is in that 17th position. So he's right outside the cut line for the playoffs. That's what makes his, his situation of what happened at, uh, at Darlington, where his engine blew up and came in last, the last thing he needed. He needed to have at least some kind of a decent finish, and it just didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, when you really think about it realistically, Clint Boyer can have, if he has a top five finish and Jamie McMurray doesn't, they could possibly flip. Yeah. Okay, so who we haven't mentioned is Joey Logano. Now, what's really interesting is that we haven't mentioned Eric Jones either. Right on that outside of the cut line is Clint Boyer, 17th place, Eric Jones, and Joey Logano. It's just, and and Daniel, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting about Daniel. So Clint, Eric, Joey, and Daniel. What's really sad about Joey's situation is that he had a win, but it was rude and cumbrant. We'll see next week how it all unfolds. If you had to pick one of those guys, so here's a question for you, Renee. Chase Elliott, Mac, well, I guess Chase is in, unless something, I don't even think he could be knocked out, to be honest. But let's yeah. just take Matt Kenseth, Jamie McMurray, Clint Boyer, Eric Jones, Joey Logano, Daniel Suarez. Who do you think is in? Just one person. I'm going to go with Matt Kenseth. Okay. I'm going to go with Matt as well. I'd re- really like to see I'm torn because Jamie McMurray, I'm not a super fan of Jamie, but Jamie was the first NASCAR driver I ever interviewed. So I will always have a soft spot for him. I'm torn because I want to see Clint Boyer. And so I want to see Chase Elliott, Matt Kenseth, and Clint Boyer. Those are my three guys. As we said weeks ago, for the rest of the regular season, those are my three picks to win a race. I would like to see those three guys. So I'm going to go with Matt Kenseth being in, but. He doesn't get in. Well, he's in. I'm not even going to put that negativity in the air. On a complete side note, before we go to the next NASCAR topic, I've met a very interesting guy who used to race for NASCAR, and he's friends with Casey Kane. And I'm not going to divulge a lot of our conversation, but we talked, we chatted, we talked about a lot. I love it when I meet people who are in the know. So wow. it's interesting because a lot of times when I say things to people, they think I don't know nothing and they think I don't know what I'm talking about. And they already look at me like, why and how are you a NASCAR fan? But that's the stuff that I'm talking about. You guys don't know who I'm talking to and who I'm meeting and who I know. And usually those people that I meet and talk to and who I know, they tell me a lot. Oh, wow. And I put all that stuff right up in my little brain and off the record, I share it with Renee. But I don't share it with you guys because, you know, you can't. I'm not TMZ. Oh, and speaking of TMZ, Harvey was on my flight. I told Har. I should have told Harvey I need to come work for him. Wow. Oh, I don't think our listeners know about that time I was on TMZ with Michael Waltrip. But that's a whole nother story. You guys can Google that. But yeah. So, I remember that. Yeah, I could. Oh, yeah, because you were at the track when it happened. Yep. Nonetheless, so that's catching up on that. You know how I feel about Matt. Matt has to get in. That's our guy, the quiet assassin. We're both pulling for him to get in. And I guess at this point, we are going to give you a Dell Jr. update. Tim, as you know, his his entire season and this being his last season has been nothing but um, nothing short of pure disappointment. Finishes 22nd. And uh, it, what makes it even worse than that is, uh, well, not just what makes it worse, but kind of just really doesn't make, make it any better. NASCAR officials found two loose 
lug nuts and the right rear tire. Crew chief Greg Ives is probably going to be, if he hasn't already, is probably going to be suspended for the last race of the season and a uh, a possible $20,000 fine. So, I mean, this is just the way his season has gone all year. Uh, I wouldn't say, and I know you said this earlier, you know, has Dale checked out, has the team checked out? And I don't think that they've checked out like like in a sense of they just completely given up because one of the things that Dale did say was that he was going to go out there and fight really hard on that last race. I believe he will. But I think at some point, if if it's just not going to happen, I don't think he's going to push the issue. And I don't think the team is going to push the issue. And I don't think anybody wants Dale to push the issue. I mean, he did mention at some point earlier this week how difficult it was for him to get back in the car to begin with after, you know, suffering that concussion last year. It was just a very difficult process of him trying to go, you know what, I'm ready, I'm not ready, I'm ready, I'm not ready. And I think he needed to be sure, 110% sure that he was ready to get back in the car. And he was glad that he was able to get himself mentally ready to, to, to race again. And I can understand that that is a huge step. Uh, not just for himself, but for his family. I mean, do they want Dale to get back in the car and something happen, you know, seriously happen? Of course not, you know, and especially with all the things that have surrounded him with his father and stuff. On a good note, he's very excited about going and uh, finishing the last race on a good note. Now, his sister, she has said that she's probably going to cry, uh, which most likely she probably will because she said she's an emotional person anyway. That's completely understandable. But it's going to be an emotional day, just not only for that entire family, but uh, for, for everybody in the NASCAR world, especially for Dale Jr. Mania, if you if you know what I'm saying. I'm going to hate seeing this guy walk away, Tim, to be honest with you. Real quickly, I just want to give a shout out to Valvoline here, because as you know, Tim, Valvoline is starting to launch a campaign where we want fans to come in and, and give us their best Dale Earnhardt stories, whether it's, you know, something personal, like, like you've met him. You've had a conversation with him, something personal with you and Dale Jr. that you can share with Valvoline and us here uh, on All Turns No Breaks. If you can get your story submitted by, I believe it's September 24th, Valvoline and All Turns No Breaks, Tam and myself will go through those and we will select the winner. That winner will also be able to come in on our podcast and, you know what, tell their own personal story. I think this is a great thing that Valvoline is doing with Dale Earnhardt Jr. and with us as well. I mean, so it's so nice to be a part of this, Tam, and I know you're excited as well. We're very happy that we're going to be working with Valvoline. So you guys make sure you're, you share your Dale Jr. stories. So you can be featured on the All Turns No Breaks podcast. Yay! Yes, very exciting. Very exciting. Please get on that, folks. Switching a little bit, I want to talk about that truck drama, about the well, bump and run. Like, we talked about it a little bit on our Twitter chat on Monday. What did you think? Did you think it was appropriate? You know what I'm talking about, right, Renee? Yes, I do. And I saw it. And let me tell you something. I think this just goes uh, from the kind of mentality that you have as an individual. So it's kind of like who you ask and what perspective you're looking at it. Uh, did I think it was blatant and over the top? Um, uh, yes, I, I kind of did. And, and I thought it was like crossing the line a, a little bit, only because of, maybe because of what was, was at stake. But you hear this a lot from the younger drivers, and they'll do anything it, it takes to win because they want to win. The older drivers, they won't necessarily do that to a certain extent. You know, they do have a little bit of uh, class of, hey, look, you know what? If I can't get by the guy, I just can't get by the guy. 
But these younger drivers, they have a different, they have a different perspective and mentality about winning and racing. And this is what you're going to continue to see, Tam. And I mean, it's kind of unfortunate. But then again, you know what? Some people just say, hey, that's just racing. I think we talked about this, I believe, on the last episode where I felt none of the drivers, the new new school drivers don't have it in them to bump and run. But I guess the cup drivers don't because this young man in the truck season said, bump that. And he was unapologetic because he said that, oh, well, he's already in the playoffs. He already has a win. I'm not in the playoffs, so I got to do what I got to do. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said. I'm not mad at him because... As we have said before on this podcast, Tam will bump and run her mama to get in the playoffs. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. If you're in the playoffs, Renee, and I'm not, and you're going to win a race, and I have a potential to bump you, I'm going to bump you and get in. You can retaliate later because I do think there's going to be some retaliation. And interesting enough, the guy still came in, I believe, third place. So it wasn't that bad. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, bump and run. On that topic, I want to talk about Subway and how Subway did Daniel Suarez. Do you agree with them basically saying that we're out because he did a segment with Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah. And it was a segment that he was put on the spot, apparently Rutledge would, something with NBC. I understand like when you have an agreement in a contract, you're not supposed to do certain things with the competitor. But I, it's not like he did this with Quiznos. It's Dunkin' Donuts. Nobody even equates Dunkin' Donuts with Subway or being competitors. Yeah, it's two different, totally different things. And I, I thought it was a little a little much, but um, I, I don't agree with that at all. I don't agree with Subway's decision to uh, cancel their sponsorship. Daniel was just going along with a segment with NBC. Yeah, it was a different company, but you're right. It wasn't like it was Quiznos or something like that, where it was a completely competitor sandwich shop. And it was just completely too different. I just thought it was a little much, Tam. I don't agree with that at all. Okay, well, here is the flip side to that. The conspiracy theorists are churning and they're saying, oh, that was Subway's way. Because, see, we know the real story behind Daniel Suarez and getting in the number 19 car and That's something we don't talk about because nobody else in NASCAR is talking about it and we don't go there. But could it be a conspiracy? Subway's out was like, yeah, boom. So then next thing you know, Carl Edwards is back next year and he's back with his crew. Subway, what do you You think? You never know. You never know. You think there's a conspiracy brewing? I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist, but this this looks really juicy. (laughs) It's juicy. It's so juicy. Yeah. But see, okay, I don't even eat Subway, so I was going to say something, but I like my sandwiches juicy. Subway, I occasionally eat it because for whatever reason, my mother always gives me Subway gift cards, but I'm not really about the Subway gift or Subway life. But yeah. Okay. Question. We posted this on our Twitter chat. Who do you think, and this is just one word quickly, who do you think is going to be back in cup next year? Matt Kenseth? Casey King, Greg Biffle, Danica Patrick, or Matt Kenseth? I'm gonna, well, you said Matt Kenseth twice, so um, oh, I'm going to go. Okay, well, I said Matt Kenseth twice. Maybe I got Matt Kenseth on the brain because I, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I, I'm rooting for the guy. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Matt Kenseth as well. Okay, so Matt Kenseth's in the car. 
versus all those. And those are all people who, as we know, Greg Biffle and Carl Edwards are already out, but there's still possibility that they can come back. It's been talked that Danica may be out. Casey Kane may be out and we know Matt's situation. Right. And of course, you guys know my answer is going to be Matt Kenseth. On that note, since we're talking about drivers and we just talked about the number 19, I want to stay on the number thing. Do car numbers still have meaning these days? And I ask because, so we see Austin Dillon got back in the infamous, I don't know if infamous is the word, but the fame number three, Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s car. And it just seems like nobody really cared. There was a little conversation and nobody cared. We heard the news that Chase Elliott is getting out of the Rainbow Warriors number 24. And he's going to be driving his daddy's car to number nine. And then William Byron is actually going to go to the number 24. And on top of all that, we already know that... Alex Bowman is going to be in a number 88 next year, but it's definitely not going to be the same. I think people are really going to not care about the number 88. So what do you think? Do you think numbers in NASCAR still have meaning? Or once it's given to another driver, that's a wrap. Well, I think they still have meaning. I just think they just, NASCAR just doesn't seem like it holds much meaning to a number as other sports do. I mean, if you look at all the other sports and players have numbers and their jersey numbers or whatever the case may be, that holds meaning. I don't know what it is with NASCAR, but it it just it just doesn't seem like NASCAR as a sport holds meaning itself as much as some of these other sports do. But I wish it did because, I mean, if it was up to me, the number three would have been retired. The number 43 would have been retired. But I mean, but I get it. You know, you, you want to keep the number alive and you, you try to put in a good driver after another driver, you know, retires and, and, and has another person coming in. You want that driver to fulfill those shoes, but sometimes those, those shoes are hard to fill. It kind of depends on your perspective of what, what the meaning behind the number is. Renee, I think it's a little bit different with the number three. I mean, he passed away in the card. Yeah. I understand that Richard Childress owns the card, but that was something totally different. The 43, Richard Petty is still alive and it's his team. So if he wants somebody to be in his number, it is what it is. Yeah. But you know, the number three should have been retired. I don't really have much to say about the 24 because it is what it is, you know, but I I don't know. I don't think numbers still have the same meaning, to be honest. But I do think when you have a driver that is as iconic as a Jeff Gordon or a Dale Jr., that those numbers need to be retired. There are uh, 99 numbers that you can use. I mean, not quite 99, but you know what I'm saying. Right. I know exactly what you mean. Those are our thoughts. We already know most of your thoughts, but if anybody else wants to share anything, let us know. This is the time of the show that Renee really loves. We go into our fan comment of the week and we talk about some predictions. So this week's fan comment of the week is taken straight from our Twitter account. If you don't know, our Twitter chat is every Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram for that matter, as well as Facebook at Turns No Breaks. We pose about five or six questions each week. I'm going to read off, I guess, maybe two of our questions that we posed and some of the responses from you guys, the fans. We posed the question, who's more likely to be in the cup car next season? Matt Kenseth, Carl Edwards, Danica Patrick, Casey Kane, or Greg Biffle? And we asked why. But we also made this a poll. 
So 48% of you said that Matt Kenseth is more likely to be in a cup car next season. 41% said Casey Kane. Only 7% said Carl Edwards, which I'm surprised. And of course, Greg Biffle only got 4%. If you're wondering why Patrick wasn't in the actual poll, you can only have four options. But I'm sure people would have probably voted her high just because they don't want to see her raise. She has a lot of haters out there. And as Renee and I always say, we're not Danica haters. We're just not Danica fans. So you can take that however you want it. And just to read some of the responses, J. Rogers Sports, that's at user J. Rogers Sports. He responded and said, Kane, he's still very marketable. Show that Indy, he can still win when he gets the chance. So I think a team will take him on. That's going to be interesting considering he has no sponsorship and he just lost a couple of sponsors. But hey, my sources tell me there's something in the works and maybe Mr. H will stay true to what he said and help Casey Kane find a team. Let's see, user at the Robster 2014, he says Edwards and Biffle retired. Kane and Patrick have no talent. Process of elimination leaves Kenseth. We love you guys, the fans, because you tell it like it is and you say how you feel. Let's pick one more comment because I want to go on to some other things. Zane Taylor, that's at Zane Taylor 33. I believe Zane's a guy. He responded and said, Casey has talent. He used to be a master of the mile and a half and he won at Indy this year. There you have it. I I can't call it. Oh, I do want to read one other comment. User smooth operator, and that's smooth, S-M-O-O-T-H-O-P-E-R-88-O-R. So you get it as a play on Dale Jr. 88. And that's from Graydon Bunn, who chimes in each week. We appreciate you, Graydon. He says, T-B-H, I'm split between Matt and KK, as in Casey King. I answered Matt, and I'm assuming he's saying in the poll, because, or he says, due to past championship, but Mr. H said he'd work to get Casey in a ride. And then he writes, change my answer, question mark. I don't know. We'll see how that all plays out. So another question that we posed to our Twitter people was, did NASCAR drop the ball by not penalizing Denny Hamlin for that pit line violation? And that comes from one of our favorite fans, His user is at SGT underscore Stingray, S-T-I-N-G-R-A-Y. I absolutely love him because he speaks his mind on everything and there's no filter, but he's not rude with it and he's not disrespectful. He's just very honest. So that's that's a guy that we always each week look forward to seeing his opinion. This question was posed before NASCAR dropped the hammer on Denny Hamlin for failing inspection for two races. Because as we've already talked about, Denny Hamlin, he swept the weekend. He won the cup race and the Xfinity race. But guess what? He failed inspection. I want to say something. This is completely to the left. But I had a conversation with someone that's, I don't, if I say what, it'll give it away. But that person was very clear about the cheating that goes on in NASCAR. And he actually told me, There's a reason why those burnouts are the way they are at the end of the race. Ironically, who do we know burns it down? 
Denny Hamlin. Every time he wins, he burns the mother down. Guess what? Didn't he not burn it down this weekend? But NASCAR still caught up with him. So he was actually, well, his crew chief, both crew chiefs from the Xfinity and the Cup race were fined and suspended to races. Both of Denny's wins were ruled encumbrant. And of course, NASCAR handed down a bunch of fines and people are paying a bunch of money. And Denny lost some points, kind of moving him back down in the playoff standings. But if you recall, Denny won a race already. So he's in, he's good to go. Getting back to the question, which was, did NASCAR drop the ball by not penalizing Denny Hamlin for that pit line violation? Few people chimed in. One person said, and this came from Benjamin Paul's, oh, I guess it's Benjamin Pauzel 8. He says, yes, they did. That was total BS. He did it. He was committed to go to pit road and NASCAR blew that entire call. Then let's see. Bowtie underscore 67. That's Kenny Ray Phillips. But the user is bowtie underscore 67. He writes, no, he didn't do anything wrong. Very interesting. Now, Graydon Bunn, smooth operator, he writes, if it's black and white, call like the pit road cameras see a pit stop with the lines be green or red. Okay, I think I got that. So he said, let me reread that for you guys. If it's black and white, call like the pit road cameras see a pit stop with the lines be green or red. So I guess he was asking a question. So nonetheless, those were just a few. You let us know what you think. At the end of the day, I guess at this point, it doesn't matter because NASCAR dropped the hammer on Denny Hamlin and those wins, both Xfinity and Cup, are ruled encumbrant. Renee, it is time for some predictions. Who you got for next week? It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with somebody who really needs to get in, somebody who really needs a win. I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. I want Chase Elliott to get his first win. Why not do it at the last uh, race at the end of the year? Get yourself in. Make sure that you get in. Don't worry about points. Just win the race. Get in there. Get it done. For my other pick, as far as the dark horse is concerned, I'm going to go with Matt Kenseth. I I want Matt to get in as well. And no disrespect to Jamie McMurray or Clint Boyer, because I love those guys just as much as anybody else. I want to see Chase Elliott get in, and I want to see Matt Kenseth get in. So those are my two picks right there. Okay, those are Renee's picks, and he's sticking to it. He's he's sticking them to it. No, I meant to say he's sticking to it. You guys knew what I yeah. was trying to say. It just came out wrong. Before I give you my predictions, I give you the history lesson, but I think if you listen to the show, you already know who I'm going to predict. But before I give you those predictions, here's the history lesson. We're racing at Richmond this week. We race twice a year at Richmond, once in April, once in September. We've been racing at Richmond since 1953. How about that? That's a long time to be racing at a track. Let me give you the past 10 winners. In 2007, Jimmy Johnson took the checkered flag. 2008, Jimmy Johnson. And this is our September race in Richmond. 2009, Denny Hamlin took the checkered flag. He also crossed the finish line first in 2010. 2011, Kevin Harvick, 2012, Clint Boyer, 2013, Carl Edwards, 2014, Brad Keselowski, 2015, Matt Kenseth, 2016, Denny Hamlin. Said that name a couple of times already, huh? 
Just some patterns that I noticed. Looks like Kyle Busch is a four-time winner in the Cup Series at Richmond. And of course, because all he does is win when it comes to Xfinity races, he's a five-time winner in the Xfinity race. Kevin Harvick has won three times at Richmond. Jimmy Johnson has also won three times at Richmond. Denny Hamlin's won three times at Richmond, but he's also won three times in the Xfinity series. Denny Hamlin's last cup win was actually last year. So it should be really interesting to see what he does this week, especially considering that NASCAR route, those races to be encumbered and suspended his crew chief. Clint Boyer, my guy, is a two-time winner at Richmond. His first win came in 2008, his last win in 2012. Matt Kenseth, my other guy, my quiet assassin, he's a two-time winner in the Cup Series. His first win came in 2002 and his last win in 2015. A name that we haven't really mentioned, well, we've, we talk about him every week. We just don't talk about him in the winner's circle. And that's Dale Jr. Dale Jr. is actually a three-time winner in the Cup Series at Richmond. And he's a four-time winner in the Xfinity Series. His first win in Cup came in 2000. His last win, 2006. So it's been over 10 years since Dale Jr.'s won at Richmond in the Cup Series. However, Jr., as in Dale Earnhardt Jr., you know who we're talking about. His first win in Xfinity race at Richmond was 1998, and his last win was last year in April. So there is still some hope that he may find that old thing at Richmond and win and get himself in the playoffs. Now that you know the history, or at least the history according to Tam, I'm going to give you my predictions. You already know because I told you that I was going to pick the same three people until the end of the regular season. I'm not going to go with Chase, but I am going to pick Matt Kenseth as my winner and I'm going with Clint Boyer as my dark horse. I'm going to go with a dark, dark horse and that's Junior because I just want him to get in the playoffs. I want to see him in Vegas for Champions League. So those are my picks and I am sticking to them. Well, I'm not sticking it to them. I'm sticking to them. I don't know what's going on with me in this stick it to them. I want to stick it to somebody this week. I'm not sure why. Looks like NASCAR stuck it to Denny though. So that's a whole nother story. Those are my picks. Well, those are our predictions. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for uh, listening to our podcast. Please subscribe, find us on iTunes. And, you know, if there's any charities out there that you can give to the city of Houston, please do so. I am from there and a lot of personally, my friends and family were affected. But whatever you can do, whether it's clothes, money or whatever it is that you have that you can contribute, please do so in this time of need. For Tam, for myself, I thank you for listening. Be kind to each other and we will see you again next week. And before I say bye-bye, don't forget Florida's also being hit with a hurricane. So make sure to contribute to whatever charities to help those guys affect it. So on that note, we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 